Well, hello there, top teachers. We are your hosts, Bridget Spackman. And Michelle Emerson. And we are here to make your life easier by helping you master your time, organization, and productivity as a teacher. How would you like it if you could come into your classroom each day knowing exactly what you were teaching and where you were going next? You would feel pretty good about that, right? We want to share our strategies for planning out your entire year in only one day. So that way you can feel less frazzled and more prepared. I would just like to point out. Okay. Why did you have to do that? I was trying to ignore it, Michelle. So you already know exactly where I'm going. I do. Bridget and I outline these episodes just in Google Docs, and we end up having a lot of typos because it's just something for us to reference during the episodes when we're recording. And instead of saying, knowing exactly what you were teaching, it says, ecstasy. And I was like, is she going to say it or is she going to know what she meant and say exactly? But you pulled through. I'm very proud of you. Okay. First, let's hear a TSH from Justine. Justine's TSH is not having double copies of my curriculum books. I need them to lesson plan. So I end up hauling them home often. Ooh, I have to tell you, Justine, stop taking your work home. (laughs) Like as much as possible, don't take those curriculum books home. Um, For me, what I have always done when it comes to any form of curriculum book is that I spend the time reviewing what it is that it's wanting me to do, but then I embed that into my lesson plans and I just do more of a short synopsis. Now, I can understand the need for wanting to take it. For me, it's like that security blanket, right? I want to keep something with me so that I know exactly what I need to do and what if I need to plan. I've been there, Justine. I've done that. But the whole goal here is that we want to start helping you to create the separation between work and your home life. And your home life is meant for you to give back to you, to spend time with friends, to spend time with family, to spend time doing the things that you love. So while you might think that that's a TSH, not having those double copies, I think that that's a benefit because it's going to force you to keep those at school. Yeah. Now I will say, I know from my experience, there were times where I just, I needed to lesson plan at home. It was what it was. And yes, not having double copies of the curriculum books can be, you know, cumbersome because then you have to take them home. So my little hack for what I always did is I would just take a picture on my phone of the pages I needed. That way I didn't have to actually take the books home. But I remember when I taught fourth grade reading, we used the Lucy Calkins like writing curriculum, which not a fan, but okay. And (laughs) basically my team teacher and I, we would kind of buddy up. So she would plan all the reading lessons for the week and I would plan all the writing lessons and then we would flip flop the next week. And so I would bulk you know, plan them, I would batch them. And I would sit down with the book at school during my planning time and I made sure I got that done prior, like I could always fancy up the slides and make it look prettier later, but I would get the actual meat of the content from the curriculum book into the slides so that I wouldn't have to take that book home. Yeah, I felt like that helped. I love that idea. And I think a lot of teachers want to do the reverse. We want to do the pretty stuff because Mm -hmm. that's the stuff that gets us going. It gets us motivated. It's a quick win, as we like to say. Yeah. Um, But really and truly, we have to be doing those hard things, especially when it comes to curriculum books, because you don't want to haul it. It's not good for your back. It just isn't. Yeah. Okay. So guys, you heard it. Yes, we are really going to help you plan your entire school year in one day. This is something that blows 
teachers' minds. <laughs> and too many teachers avoid long-range planning because it seems really overwhelming. But that's because we have a tendency to try to overthink things and we go into too much detail. So what we're going to do in this episode is walk you through long range planning in a way that's simple to understand, but also very easy to implement. So let's jump right in and talk about what is long range planning. I mean, it's exactly what it sounds like. (laughs) Long range planning is the process of kind of embedding your different units and standards into your school year through the use of a monthly calendar. I like to think about it as like a very loosey-goosey plan. First of all, I love the term loosey-goosey. I use it at least once a day. Like I find a way to squeeze it in. But (laughs) your long-range plan is like your loosey-goosey plan for the year. And it's just making sure you're going to fit everything in. I like to think about this as like dedicating parts of your closet or your drawers in your dresser to different categories. You're still going to adjust as you go, but it's a plan to base it off of. So you might say, okay, I'm going to use this space for my dresses, this space for my jackets, this space for my pants. Once you actually actually start putting your clothes in there, you might realize, oh, I don't have as many dresses. I don't need as much space. I can dedicate a little bit more to my jackets because they're a little bit chunkier but it at least gives you a plan to go off of. You did a great job with that analogy. You know I love me a good analogy. You do, and you did a great job with it. So you're probably sitting here listening. Listen, I never really do long-range planning. It, you know, I haven't really had to worry about it, and my year works out fine for us, for me. I totally understand, but let us tell you that if you take the time to do a long-range plan, it's going to help you throughout the year, and especially during those pockets of time when we tend to get really, really busy as teachers. So for those of you who don't have that long-range plan, here's the thing. It's going to get very easy to feel behind or even actually get behind when mm-hmm. you're creating your lessons. How many of us have had that feeling when, oh, it's all of a sudden it's May and you like still have half the standards left to teach because you've moved too slowly throughout the year or you spent too much time doing some more of these like fun activities like for simple celebration days. Yep. It happens to all of us. It does. That's why we create a long range planner so that we know exactly what we need to be doing and when we need to be doing it. This ensures that you teach all the standards that you have to teach and that you can actually enjoy the end of the year versus Mm -hmm. you trying to cram everything in at the end of the year. It also is going to give you a timeline to follow. And what I love about this is that if I tell myself that I'm going to spend only three weeks on a specific unit, I'm going to do my very best to spend that three weeks on that specific unit. It helps me stay on track, which is another benefit from it. I know that this is like what I'm going to be focusing on for the day. And the reason why I'm focusing on it for today is because it's going to allow me to get to this ending point here. It's also going to help you keep very focused with your lessons. So going back to episodes 140 and 141, where we were talking about our our lesson planning and creating those, you're going to have a very clear picture of what you need to be teaching and creating more detailed plans for, for those everyday pieces. Um, And that's just kind of the piece of making your lesson plans easier in general, which is what we all want, right? We want lesson planning to be easier and unit long range planning is really going to help you get there. Now, 
before we jump in, because I know you're probably thinking, man, Bridget, you're so smart. You have all the ideas and we want to know how to do it. I'm going to hold you off right there. Okay. We're going to take a break and we're going to be right back with those steps. We are popping in real quick to let you know about a new product line available in our store at teachingonthedouble.com slash store. That's right. We now have inserts for your digital planner. Currently, we have unit planning inserts and lesson planning inserts that work with both Google Slides and tablet digital planners. These inserts are fully editable so you can customize them to work for you and they can be used again and again year after year, which means you only have to purchase them once. Exactly. These inserts are meant to give you additional templates for organizing your plans in a more detailed way. So if you want to get your hands on them, you know, digitally, head over to teachingonthedouble.com slash store to grab your unit planning inserts and lesson planning inserts right away. We are back and we are ready to jump into the how for long range planning. The great thing is not only are we going to give you steps because we love us a good list of steps, but all you need is your typical planner for this. So obviously we recommend using our digital planner, but Mm -hmm. you basically just need your average lesson planner where you have your calendars because you're really going to be utilizing those calendars in order to long range plan. So let's jump into it with step number one. Start with your calendar dates. Now, this includes several different things. This includes your school calendar. We want you to take your school calendar, which you usually get like a year in advance. I feel like the school calendars are decided on like well in advance. We want you to sit down, plug it into your planner from start to finish the entire school year. So this includes any days you have off, any days when conferences are scheduled, any half days, when report cards are due. I know that was always a part of my like school calendar. Plug all of it into your planner. Obviously, this is very monotonous when you do it for the entire year. It's going to take a while, okay? It's fine. Put on a show or some music or a podcast. Hello, Teaching to the Top. We're here for you. Put it on in the background. And that way you can really enjoy that time and you get it all done in one big batch instead of trying to do it from month to month. The next step is to add in your holiday celebrations, field trips, and fundraisers. Now, these might be things that you have a little bit more control over, meaning you can actually dictate what days that you end up doing it. So let's say Halloween falls on a Sunday, which actually I think it falls on a Monday this year, but let's say it falls on a Sunday. Are you going to celebrate on Friday or are you going to celebrate on Monday? Are you going to even celebrate at all? You might have flexibility with that. You might also not know exactly what day you're you're going to be doing some of these things yet, but you can take an educated guess. So here's what I like to say is like with fundraisers, you don't necessarily know when you're going to have your big kickoff for your fundraisers at your school. However, you know that the time frame might be at the end of September or the beginning of October. We'll just kind of pencil that in. The great thing about digital planning is that you can easily move these things around once you can have a more finalized date. Now, if you're a new teacher, this is a great opportunity to sit down with your team and ask questions. Ask about holidays, which ones you celebrate, which ones you don't, whether you have like little classroom um, celebrations or not, field trips, fundraisers, those grade level events that you might do, or any other school events that you have going on that you would like to pencil into your long range planner. 
So then step number three, and this is going to be the last step of kind of getting yourself set up to do your long range planning. You're going to enter in assessments dedicated by your school or district. So if you have certain assessments that have to be submitted to your school, for example, reading level assessments or district assessments, you want to get those onto your calendar. They might be a specific date, like you have to administer this on September 15th or a window of time. So for example, you have to have this done by the end of September. If it is a window of time, we are going to caution you, do not wait until the very end of that window in order to administer the assessment. Guarantee you, students will be absent and you're going to be chasing them down for like the next week trying to get this assessment done. And you might need time to enter in data or other elements that go with the assessment. So try to kind of plan ahead and get that, you know, within the window like earlier on. If you are new and you're not sure what assessments there are, just ask your team teachers. Again, this is a great opportunity to ask questions, get those answers, but you want to get as many of those assessments onto your calendar from the get-go as you can. And then uh, step number four is going to be the big bulk of your time. This is going to be where you begin with the end in mind, okay? We always look at the end and where we want to be able to end up and where we want our students to be before they leave us and move on to the next grade level. So now this is going to really depend on like adding in either units or standards. And this can also depend on your school too. So you might want to have a discussion with whether you focus on units based or you just going to have kind of those standards pieces. I have always focused on on units. Um, That's just kind of how I've created my long range planners because it just works for my brain. So decide this ahead of time, whether you want to focus on the standard piece or just the units, because this is where you're going to start placing those into your long range planner. Now, if you're using those units, make sure that you have the standards listed for each unit so that you don't miss anything. So some really good examples of units are for math are going to be the division unit, multiplication unit, a geometry unit, and et cetera. For ELA, some examples of units might be a character unit, a research unit, an argumentative unit, and so on. And uh, the social science, I like to think of science and social studies is like your life science unit or your colonizational I always struggle with that word. That is such a hard word to say. (laughs) Colonization. (laughs) It came out wrong. But that unit, y'all know what I'm talking about. Now keep this in mind. Some units or standards are going to take longer than others. You need to think about how long you're going to need for each of your units or standards and put a start and stop on it in your calendar. So for example, if I have a character unit, I know I'm going to need four full weeks for that character unit. I know that when I'm planning my things out in my planner, I'm going to start at the very end and I'm going to say, all right, I'm going to end the year with a, um, like a book club. And so what is the last day that I want to be teaching book clubs? And I'm going to put that in and I'm going to go backwards because I need to have three weeks for book clubs. I'm going to plan it out three weeks. And then after that three weeks, I know the next unit before that is going to be my opinion and argumentative. And I'm going to need four weeks for that. And then I'm going to map it out four weeks going all the way backwards until I get to the very beginning of the year. The reason that I like to do do this because it gives me a really good estimate for how much time I can take at the beginning 
beginning of the year to really develop some of those routines and procedures and all of those other components. Now, if I don't have, you know, a month to be able to do that, I only have like two and a half weeks. I'm going to take that two and a half weeks. I'm going to cherish it, but I know that I have to get into the curriculum at some point. I can't take a month or two months to build expectations and still be able to meet everything that I need to meet by the end of that year. So count your days and your weeks, plan backwards. This is going to give you an idea of where, when and where you need to start that content. And then finally, step five is to add in buffer dates. Now, this kind of goes with step four. This is where you're adding in extra days to allow for flexibility. So my old district, they wrote their own curriculum and they would actually build in these like quote unquote flex days. So let's say a unit had 10 lessons. It might have 12 allotted days because there were two flex days built in. Now, I will say at the beginning of the year, they would technically have our first unit starting on the first day of school, which we all know mm. never actually happens. No. So all of those flex days for the first unit would be taken up by the first week of school when we're like teaching routines and procedures. But later on in the year, those flex days might be used to reteach something. Maybe that group of students just didn't get it as quickly and I needed to spend another day on it. I could also use it to give students extra practice or account for snow days that always pop up yeah. or unexpected assemblies or events. What's great is you could always start the new unit early if you didn't need to use those flex days and you almost kind of build up buffer time as you go throughout yes. the year, which is great. And once again, if you're using a digital planner, it makes it very, very easy to shift these things around in comparison to a normal paper planner. But what we will suggest to you, the longer the unit, the more buffer days you need. So if a unit is only 10 days, you might be fine with only two buffer days. But if you have a unit that's like a month long, you might want to add like a whole week of buffer days because the longer the unit goes on, the more chances there are that things are going to interrupt that time. Yeah. And we do recommend that, again, if you are with a team of other teachers that you work collaboratively, do this entire process with your team teachers, mm -hmm. because then that's going to ensure that everybody's on the same page and you guys are going to be able to hold each other accountable. Now, of course, we have some quick tips to help make <laughs> sure that you are successful in completing your long range planner. So tip number one is to use colors to determine your unit standards inside of your planner. I love using colors. So every single one of my units has a color and all I like to do is I will take that highlighter color, I will draw a line across all of the days that I'm gonna be using for that specific unit. And what I love about it is that I can clearly see in it when I'm looking at each of my months where my unit begins and where it's going to end. I love that. And I'm thinking in my head, I feel like if you are teaching all the subjects, maybe you color code each you know, subject. There's a lot of different ways that you can use yes. that tip. And when Bridget's saying the highlighter, she's not talking about a physical highlighter. She's talking about within her digital planner, yes. the, the digital highlight tool. It's so nice because it makes it nice and straight. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's transparent. So then you can see through yeah. it to the calendar behind it. Yeah. And guys, another little quick tip and within a quick tip, it's quick tipception. Um, <laughs> if you are utilizing GoodNotes, you can like um, use the eraser tool to erase only the writing and not the highlighter, which is really, mm. really nice. So you don't have to um, get rid of both of them. 
Love that. Okay. <laughs> Tip number two, when you are planning out your units, make sure you are considering those off days and holidays to give yourself enough time. That's why we had you put those calendar dates and those holidays and field trips and whatnot on your calendar before you start planning out your units. Because if you know a unit's going to take 10 days, but you have two days off for conferences within like that two week span, you have to adjust for that. So make sure you're looking at the dates as you start planning out those units, because it's not always going to be like 10 consecutive days. You might have Mm -hmm. to split it up between various weeks, depending on the other events that are going on. And then our final tip for you is to be realistic with the time and consult veteran teachers in order to have an idea for how long some of these units or standards are going to take for you to teach. When you're sitting here and you're planning them out and you're giving yourself, you know, a month and a half to do research, that might not be reasonable because then you're not going to have enough time to be able to meet all of the other units that you have to teach within that year. So try to be realistic and give yourself some time. Remember those buffer dates are going to be there to help support you throughout the year in case you do need a couple of days here and there. And this just came to mind, Bridget, as you were saying that I know there will be teachers who are like, yeah, but I don't have a great relationship with my team teachers or they don't like to answer my questions. I I get it. Yeah, I do. What I would suggest is join like a Facebook group. So I have a group called Team Teach and it's like elementary teachers and I think even some middle school and high school teachers across the country go into a Facebook group so then you can ask like, hey, how long do you usually spend on a geometry unit in fourth grade or something like that? So that way you can get input from other teachers if you don't have team teachers that, you know, are overly like helpful or that you feel comfortable asking. Yeah. But that's going to wrap up this episode all about long range planning. In our next episode, we're going to break down unit planning. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. That way, as soon as we drop that new episode, you can be notified. Head over to our website, submit a TSH. You have the chance to be featured in a future episode. If you are enjoying listening to these episodes, please leave us a review on iTunes. Y'all, we actually read the reviews, okay? And we can see that y'all have been slacking. We haven't gotten many reviews lately. So, you know, pick up the pace a little bit. But until next time, be timely, stay organized, and be productive. Bye-bye. See ya.